Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is Friday, October 2nd, 2020. On the show today, it is postseason position breakdown number two. Today we are talking about the first base position for the Washington Nationals, the players who play there this season, what they did, what their future is with the team, and a whole lot more. Hope you guys enjoy. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it for a position that was going to be probably played mostly by the captain, Ryan Zerman, if he was there this season. Uh, He was not. So first base for the Nationals was played by five different players in the year 2020. It was Howie Kendrick, Jake Knoll, Estrubal Cabrera, Eric Thames, and Brock Holt. By the numbers, the Nats' first base spot did not yield them a ton of offensive success this year. They hit 253 as a team at first base. The five guys who collected there, you know, collectively played there. Um, They were 10th in the National League in on-base percentage, 6th in OPS, 13th in walks drawn, 4th in strikeouts, and they really did not hit for much power at the position either. They were bottom half in the league, in the National League, in terms of power, uh, home runs from that spot. So they didn't get a ton. And the first place you have to look is Eric Thames, who had the second most ABs at first base uh, this past season. And let me get the exact number. So he had 90, uh, he had 98. And there's one less than Estrubal Cabrera, who had 99. Uh, Thames hit 227 while playing at first base this season. At overall, he hit 203. So uh, even the times that he DH'd, he was not very effective. Or pinch hit, he was not very effective for the Nats. 203 for Thames on the season. He had a 300 on base percentage, 317 slugging, 617 OPS. He drove in 12 runs on the season, three home runs. He did strike out 42 times. Not awful, but I, I did take the rate like I did with the catchers uh, for strikeouts for plate appearances. And if he gave them the same number of plate appearances he had last season, which he had a bunch, 459, he strikes out about 146 times. So that's within uh, 10. You know, he struck out 140 times last season. So strikeout rate about the same as what it was. But the question remains for me is, you know, at 33, are you expecting him to get much better next season? Eric Thames is on a one-year contract. It's technically a two-year contract, but what they have is a mutual option for the second year, that's one of those options where the team can pick it up in 2021, but both sides have to agree to it. $4 million for Thames, and I would doubt with the performance that he put on this season that the Nationals are going to agree to pay $4 million for him this coming season. So I do not see Eric Thames as being an option for the Nats uh, at first base in 2021. And Look, I thought it was a nice gamble. I, you know, I thought the idea of trying to get some more power at, the, at that position was good. I thought uh, being able to rotate him in with Ryan Zerman was a, was going to be a a nice option. But with Thames as the as kind of the everyday guy at first, um, it was not a good look. It was not a helpful you know not a helpful spot in the offense. He did not generate some power. He did not give the Nats that power lift. We talked about it a lot of times during the season is that they just weren't getting some of the standalone power that some teams need sometimes. You know, you see it with uh, the Reds. I mean, the Reds did hit a a very large number of home runs this year. Um, Their offense generally was not good, but the power was enough to carry them to the postseason. So 
the Nats, they needed that kind of uh, individual power lift, and they wanted it with a guy like Thames. They just did not get it. So at 33, I'm not really sure what is next for Thames. Uh, I think whatever is next, it's probably not in our nation's capital unless he decides to, you know, he wants to come back and play for zero money at all. I'm not even sure the Nationals want to have him back. And that kind of makes you start thinking about the other options at first. And that brings us to the next guy, Howie Kendrick, who only did have 22 plate appearances as a first baseman this season, had to shut it down um, on September 9th due to a hamstring injury. He said he was probably going to retire because he's now 37, but he did note that because of how weird the season was, he doesn't really want to go out in the, like this. He said, quote, man, do you want to go out like this? Do you want 2020, you know, do you want 2020 to be any worse? End quote. I think when you look at Howie Kendrick's offensive numbers, his offensive production, there's no way you can sit there and think, hey, this guy is done. Howie Kendrick's got a lot left in the tank, man, just from an offensive standpoint. I know his defense isn't good, but the guy was the National League Championship Series MVP at the age of, what, 36? A guy who is a World Series hero at the same age as well, too. I mean, this guy clearly has more left in the tank, and he showed it this season. There was no gigantic drop-off for Howie Kendrick in the 2020 season. For Kendrick, he hit 275. He hit two home runs, drove in 14, as well as 705 OPS. And I thought Howie Kendrick had another nice season. Once again, nobody's sure about his defense. We don't think he's some defensive wizard over there. But hitting 275 with an on-base of 320, and, uh, you know, it was slugging percentage 385, OPS 705. Once again, two home runs, 14 RBIs, seven walks, 17 strikeouts. He only gave them 91 at bats this season, but and that's because of the injury. He was only able to play in 25 games, but I, I still think he's a nice veteran piece to have on the team. Your concern does become with the money. There is a $6.5 million mutual option that the Nationals can pick up next season. Now, they could decline that option and see if they can renegotiate with Howie and see if he will take a lesser sum because I'm not sold at the age of 37 if the Nationals should be paying him $6.5 million. But look, you look what he did in 2019. I mean, he played 121 games. He gave you 334 at-bats. He hit 344 and was, like, like we talked about, one of the essential parts of this team. Just you, you kind of get concerned because you look at the numbers and you know, the last couple seasons he hasn't played uh, every single game. I... You like the guy because of what he means to the team, right? You like him because of what he means to this franchise, with this organization. I mean, he is, you know, he hit the go-ahead shot to make sure the Nationals, and not not only that, I mean, he hit that shot in the National League, uh, the National League Division Series against the Dodgers as well, too, against his former team. You know, in the words of Ernie Johnson, breaking hearts in Los Angeles. So, a player that we all hold in really high esteem, a player that the organization holds in high regard, $6.5 million next year. I'm sure he wants that sum. But if the Nationals said, hey, look, Howie, we want you back, just not for that price, I think Howie was saying that the way things end, I think he would come back to the Nationals. I think knowing his history and how he's been with the team uh, you know, for the last few seasons, I think this is a place that makes sense for him, and, and I don't think he wants to go somewhere else to finish out this career. I think he wants to stay in D.C. And look, this guy's such a gifted hitter, especially if they get, if they keep the designated hitter, there is, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, hell, maybe for even that six and a half million dollar price tag, you keep Howie, Howie Kendrick. Cause 275, man, even for 91 at bat, small sample size, but like 
that's that's not good for his standards lately because he's been so good. But he showed once again, I mean, that this guy can hit, and I think he's going to be he'd be a great part of a lineup. I know I've floated a bunch of guys you know, can give you at-bats for that designated hitter spot. I, I think it's good to have multiple guys that you can think about uh, playing in those, you know, having uh, the ability to play positions and also DH for you. I, I'm not I'm not in love with the idea of just having one guy as your DH. I do love the idea of just having, you know, almost be a, a DH by committee. You can pull guys who are hitting well from different spots. Like I mentioned with Jan Gomes the other day at the catcher spot. So I think Howie Kendrick is somebody the Nationals definitely should bring back. If he wants to play baseball in 2021, I think it should be in a Nationals uniform. Considering how bad the team struggled offensively at times, if they keep building this roster, I think he is a necessary and worthwhile piece that is somebody to help you know helps put things together no he probably won't be bombing home runs but he's maybe somebody in the back of the lineup that gives you some uh, some stability and definitely a guy that we know can hit so i'm all for howie kendrick coming back to the nationals in 2021 i think it's the right move and hopefully he can stay healthy at that age and still give the nationals something on the field as well fielding maybe some at first base depending on the ryan zerman situation i mean even with zerman back they're going to need him to play some first base but um i'm very interested to see how his situation goes especially with his contract mutual option so um Rarely do mutual options get picked up by both sides, but this is a scenario where I could see it being picked up. I I could see that. So we'll see where they go with Howie Kendrick. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar ever made. The new and improved Built Bar has six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barchia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those go along with the 12 original flavors Built Bar has. All of them have chocolate, six with nut, six without nut, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, Built Bar has a very limited time offer. With your purchase at BuiltBar.com, you have a chance to get a free cooler while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On. Or ten dollars off at builtbar.com. I just think because we're talking about a lot of these guys, you know, departing in the offseason, um, I think that's somebody they're definitely invested in in keeping there. And that kind of brings us to Estrubel Cabrera because Juan Soto had talked about uh, protection in the lineup. Mark Zuckerman wrote noted this, excuse me, in a piece that said uh, yesterday, will the Nats try to acquire lineup protection for Soto? And the problem was a lot of the season. It was Kendrick at times. They went down with the injury. And also Estrubal Cabrera. And that's not Estrubal Cabrera's calling card. That's not supposed to be his game. He's not supposed to hit fourth. He is supposed to be a complimentary piece. So I will say a lot of the struggles he had this season where he hit 242 with eight home runs, 31 RBI, and a 753 OPS, um, maybe not always, not always his fault. Maybe it was not always... Estrubal Cabrera is the one that was the issue. Now, he did hit 256 the last month of the season. Uh, So I I was, you know, you were happy to see him come around just a bit. But I think they asked him to do a little bit too much at 34. And he's not the guy in the lineup who's supposed to be providing a ton of pop. He just can't be that guy. Um, Now, he is somebody who's likely to not be on the team next year just because he is an unrestricted free agent. And uh, the Nationals tend to go, I mean, 
They've got a lot of utility guys on their team, and Cabrera is one of them. He ended up playing a lot more third base than I think we all wanted him to this year just because we all wanted to see what Carter Keeboom had, especially when it became clear that the Nationals were not going to win any games, or not any games, but not going to win the requisite number of games to make them a playoff contender. So when the games became not meaningless, but opportunities for, for players like Keeboom to get more reps, uh, Cabrera, you know, began to fade at that spot and he played all over the place this year. I just, I don't, I thought there was somebody that could move at the deadline. I think just because he's been moved before the deadline and he is a valuable hitter. And I think he could have provided something for a playoff team. We're seeing a lot of teams struggle with the offense right now. I think that he is somebody that could have provided a nice veteran bat for any of those teams in the playoffs right now. You know, maybe even a group like the Reds, he could have provided that veteran bat. The point is, though, is that I don't know, out of the utility players they have, I think they're much more likely to bring back a Josh Harrison than they are an Estrubal Cabrera. Uh, he made $2.5 million this year. He's unrestricted this season. He was cut by Texas, uh, and he was shocked by that. The Nats getting him now, I mean, having him now, he's been a great piece for them. And maybe he does come back for that for that value. But I think it depends on what the Nationals are trying to build here. Do they have intentions, you know, of playing Cabrera at first base next season? Do they have intentions of playing at third base? I hope not. The only reason I would bring him back is to put him in that first base rotation, and I'm not even sure that's the right way to handle this. Um, if I was them at this point in time, I think with the options you have with Kendrick and Zerman, um, and then also, you know, I once again, I think they should bring somebody back like Josh Harrison, who gives them some middle infield flexibility too. I know Cabrera does that, but I think Harrison, you get a bit cheaper and he provides something too that I, um, you know, with the speed element as well, I think he gives you a bit more with that. Obviously Cabrera not known for his speed, but yeah, I just don't know if this is, if this is a great fit. I mean, for the right, for the right cost, you know, if you get him around $2 million, I definitely think so. Um, but I don't know what his intentions are. This is one of those situations where, I see in some ways why it makes sense to bring him back. I didn't see other ways where it's not. And look, you guys, you know, you've heard a lot. I, I don't mean to be wishy-washy about this, but you guys have heard me on most of these players. I do have a pretty good read about whether I want them back or not. Howie Kendrick, 100% want him back with this team. Eric Thames, I do not think he should be back with this team. Um, you know, Adam Eden, a guy who, another guy who's borderline, depending on how things go this off season, somebody that, you know, uh, uh, Jan Gomes, obviously he is under contract, but want him back with the team. Kurt Suzuki, if the Nationals are saying, Hey, we're not in for the big fish, JT Real Muto. Oh, of course I want Kurt Suzuki back with this group, with what he provides. Um, but for this first base scenario, if you're telling me, Hey, I will give you a mixture of Kendrick. Uh, you know, play some Harris, Josh Harrison there, you know, if, if you want to, and Ryan Zerman, I'm good with that three-man rotation, and I'm not sure they break, need to bring Estrubal Cabrera back. If they say, hey, we want him to bounce between first and second, maybe even play some third a little bit, I guess you could do that. I'm still thinking that that Carter Keeboom should get the fair shake, uh, should get a full, you know, fair shake full season next year. I just try that, you know, Either I want it to be Keyboom or go out and make a big splash, make an acquisition. And I don't necessarily think they've got the capital to do that. So as Drupal Cabrera is in a weird spot, I think, I think, I mean, I think he's going to play next season. I think somebody definitely will pick him up. Uh, also, I, I laugh at his playing weight being 205. He's much bigger than 205. That's, that's, I mean, the eye test says, says differently. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you're stuck on this one, right? Because the season he had 242 was not awful, but he had plenty of playing time and 
he was not the uh, he was not the beating heart of a, of a you know I know Soto and Turner are but you know he was not he did not protect them enough and I think there's enough guys next season who are going to shift into complementary roles that I'm not sure you need I think Cabrera might be some excess right like I think next season the Nats can make a splash in the offseason. you're not having a situation where. Suzuki or Cabrera or or maybe even Kendrick at times are protecting. And, and even this season too, you know, I, I think we realize that now Castro could protect Soto. Hell, Soto could even hit fourth. You know, you could move him back to fourth, have Castro hit third, have Eaton in second, uh, Eaton and uh, Eaton and Turner first or second. But I don't know if Cabrera does not seem to fit right now, in my opinion, into the heart of this lineup. I think the Nationals could get a bit more. And also, too, quite frankly, I mean, you know, Suzuki had a better season. Like, and this is just talking about, you know, positionally, you know, in the lineup where you put these guys. Like, I think Suzuki might have earned the right to hit fifth. Ryan Zerman comes back. Definitely a guy you want to hit in that five hole. So I think maybe his time in D.C. has come to an end. I will say this. I do like the fact that he can play all over the field. He did give them, give them some depth at third. I think Davey Martinez leaned on him too much at third base, but I don't know they necessarily need him. I think with their their first base situation, I would much rather just say, okay, you can roll with Zimmerman, you can roll with Kendrick. Go with those two guys, and I think they'll be mostly set for next season if Ryan Zimmerman agrees to come back and play. When it comes to the middle infield, they're going to have Starlin Castro, they're going to have Luis Garcia, they're going to have Trey Turner, and then at the corners, uh, you know, excuse me, at the corner, the left corner, hot corner, you're going to have Keyboom. And also, too, I would say, yeah, you could use one more middle infielder, but I would much rather them keep Josh Harrison if they're going for the middle infield, just because I like the spark that he gave them. So if you're saying, well, you know, Cabrera could be a guy at that, at that department, I would rather them just say, hey, if we want some infield depth, if we want some middle infield depth, because we might, especially at second base, because we might move Stalin Castro over to third, I would say give me Josh Harrison and he can fill in that spot if somebody goes down. And then that allows Stalin Castro to still stay at third base, which I think he's going to end up doing. Yes, I want to see an even competition in camp between Castro at third and Carter Keyboom. So, you know, I said, I think I said a little while ago that, you know, I, I want to see Keyboom at third. I think we all do because we want it to pan out. But I want, I want those two to settle it during the offseason if they have to go get somebody else. And we'll get to third base more on a different podcast. But I'm just kind of going through the motions of, hey, where does, where does an Estrubal Cabrera fit on this team? And I'm not sure he does in 2020, excuse me, in 2021. Just because the production wasn't there, and I think, um, I think it might be time just for a change to get this team a different feel, a different look. And I don't want him anywhere. No offense to him, but I don't really want him anywhere near the front of the lineup next year, like the top four, even five spots. So um, that's kind of how I feel on that one. Brock Holt and Jake Jake Nold really don't have a whole lot there. Um, Brock Holt, I, you know, I think gave it gave it his best go coming in here and trying to give him a spark a little bit. Um, I don't think he is going to be back with the team next year. I think if they're going with the utility guy, once again, I think it's going to be Josh Harrison. We'll have some more on those guys, though, uh, as, as we move around to the different positions. All right, make sure you guys check on uh, check out uh, us on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals. Then check out uh, the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast and the Locked On MLB podcast, 
Also check out our episodes. My I did my playoff diary number two from yesterday. Still some relevant stuff in there too. Uh, and my playoff diary number three will be coming out on Monday once we have conclusions to all of the wild card series. And boy, have they been uh, they've been some juicy, fun series. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that stuff. Hope you guys enjoy this. Once again, follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors as well too. Hope everybody has an excellent weekend.